Lunch with Pippa Hudson. And now, Consumer Talk, featuring Wendy Nola. Now, last week on Consumer Talk, we focused on recycling, and Wendy spoke to us about a number of exciting projects she'd visited in KZN, where waste was being diverted away from landfill and into projects producing biofuel and building materials, to give just two examples. Today, we want to continue that theme as we uh, chat to some of uh, the other environmental crusaders who were recognized for their efforts at last week's Petco Awards. Wendy will tell us more about what those awards are all about and who some of the local winners were and then we'll be making space for a nice long open line where you can call in with any consumer query so a reminder that you can start leaving your voice notes already on 0725671567 you can send an sms to 31567 or call us on 0214460567 wendy is chatting to us from our joburg studios today great to have you with us albeit from far away Thank you, I am indeed. Yeah, we with you in voice. Okay. Now, Wendy, last week KZN got all the glory. Today, though, we really get to celebrate the Western Cape, don't we? Absolutely. So Petco, the plastics recycling company, held its AGM and annual awards in Joburg uh, last Thursday. And 12 of the 12 awards they handed out, eight went to people championing recycling in the Western Cape, which is That's fantastic. quite something. Yeah, And the stories, the kinds of people who were awarded and what they do were as diverse, diverse rather, as they are inspiring. But I think we should talk a little bit about what Pitco is and what they do, first of all. Okay. So quite, quite an organization. They support recyclers with community programs, educational material and awareness programs on recycling. And they re- promote recycling efficiency in the production, design, conversion, collection and recycling of, of post-consumer PET. Basically, they, they, Conscientize people as to the value of these PET bottles that they're not trash. That's their yeah. slogan. Plastic bottles are not trash. And then they facilitate them getting out of the trash, out of the landfills, off the beaches and into recycling plants. And then, you know, obviously there needs to be a market for what, um, is, uh, produced at the end of that, the, the recycled PET. So it's members. Obviously this needs to be funded. It's members, the companies that, that buy the PET resin and make their products, they pay a levy based on, on their consumption. And that's how Petco funds its operation and that's why we have one of the highest PEC recycling rates in the world around 63% last year so 63% of the PET that was put onto the market um, plastic bottles mainly in last year 2018 was recycled and that's quite something I mean there's still a lot you know as as, as Andrew Fenter said last week that still leaves um, what is that 70 27% that isn't but uh, it's it is um, certainly worth celebrating in the context of of global effort and let's just remind everybody what they're, they're recycled into because it's not only about reusing the bottles or making new plastic packaging, Wendy. The PET fiber goes into all kinds of interesting Loads things. Loads of things. So car carpets, boot linings, that sort of things. The hollow fiber duvets and pillows, that's all recycled plastic. Um, it can be recycled into um, uh, mixed with cotton and made into f- clothing. Woolworths does a range of T-shirts and such, which is half recycled PET. It's, it's when it's recycled, it can be very beautifully soft and silky. Um, and, uh, yeah, as you said, other new bottles, uh, new PET bottles and, um, all sorts of, uh, plastic packaging as well. So for the organics, uh, shampoo bottle, for example, that's made with a very high content of recycled PET and more and more of these brand owners are now, um, seeing the, the need to include recycled PET in their, in their plastic packaging. Okay. Now these awards, um, looked at, um, a lot of different industries and organizations and individuals working 
working not only in the recycling space, but in, in, in the space of environmental sustainability and with the, the big bottom line being keeping that PET out of our oceans and our rivers and off our streets and out of our landfill. Exactly, and and making people uh, realize that um, it has great value, that these bottles have value, and you can see that uh, you know it's not the, the clear PET bottle is the number one uh, thing that the waste pickers or the reclaimers, as I, I, I love that word, yeah. the reclaimers that are out in the street doing our dirty work, really doing the, 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 the collecting the stuff that we shouldn't have thrown away. That's the number one thing they want: the clear PET bottle. So they recognize the value in it, and and so should all of us, essentially. Okay, so we're going to take a look at a couple of the local winners in various categories in these awards. And one of them I'm going to start with because it's a name that might well be familiar to our listeners uh, if you remember uh, listening to the show a couple of months ago because back in round about July last year he was actually with me in studio in our Lead Essay segment. His name is Rocco De Silva. He is nine years old and he is the founder of the Future Kids Club. When we spoke to him in July he was organizing regular beach cleanups. Uh, And and Wendy, which, which category was Rocco recognized it. He he was a joint winner in the uh let me see this the waste reduction youth warrior award. Um, so he was, he was certainly the youngest winner of the day and he was in, in Johannesburg uh, to receive his award with his mom, Tanya. Um, and yeah, there were lots of R's going on in the room when he went up <laughs> because they played a little video showcasing the work that he's done, his monthly beach cleanups and, you know, just uh, all the kids that he's um, raised awareness with around, um, you know, the whole, let's not leave the plastic on our beach issue. Now I'm so delighted to have Rocco back with us on the line this afternoon. And I have to start by saying congratulations, Rocco. How are you must be very proud of yourself. How did it feel to be recognized with that award? Uh, I feel um, quite proud and happy. Okay, proud and happy is is absolutely the right way to feel. Rocco, we spoke in July last year about the the beach cleanups that you were organizing. How has the message grown since then? Are you seeing more and more uh, other children getting involved in those cleanups and in your club? We've seen a lot more... um, Support. Um, it's grown quite a bit over the past year. Okay, and um, it's not only about getting the children onto the beach with you to pick up litter once a month. It's it's really about making them aware of the bigger issues around recycling. Do you think that that message is reaching your peers at school and in your community? Yeah, it is. Um, we also got a, a lot more supporters in general and more people are coming, which is quite nice to see. So Strand Beach must be uh, the cleanest <laughs> beach in Cape Town, Rocco. If you are getting there with more and more people, are you still going once a month? Um, yes, um, we are still going once a month and we've done 14 cleanups so far, and which is technically 14 hours, which is over 950 kilograms of waste collected. So you're almost on a ton of waste. That's amazing. Rocco, remind us what you do with that waste once it's collected. Into waste um, removes um, and sorts and weighs what we have collected and, and recycles. Okay, that is fantastic. Rocco, congratulations again. And uh, I know you're actually at home sick today. Thank you for speaking to us. And I hope you're going to feel better very, very soon and be back up on your feet in time for the next beach cleanup. Thanks for chatting to us. Thank you. It's been quite 
fun to be on the radio again. I'm glad it was fun for you. It's been fun for us too. Rocco De Silva, only nine years old, and well done to him and to his mom, Tanya, who's been an absolute bastion of support behind the Future Kids Club. I mean, Wendy, that, that really shows that anybody can do this. I mean, I know, only I'm sitting here with such a, such a huge grin on my face. Um, just <laughs> love, yeah, the love is enthusiasm and his passion so young to, to, to re- resonate with a cause and just decide he's going to, young as he is, he's going to do something about it. And yes, he has a lot of support, but he's driven the whole thing from the start. So that's just a lovely story there. And, about and that. it really demonstrates how much can be achieved, that they've got a nearly a ton of, of waste nearly collected a ton, already yes. in, in, so in that, that short space. In the video I saw, the truck pulls up at the beach and they just, all the kids come and, you know, everything is weighed before it gets put on the truck and there it goes off to be to be recycled. Because, I mean, you don't want the stuff to be cleaned off the beach and then end up in the landfill. That exactly. would just, yeah. you know, that would be a, a waste of the whole initiative. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So. so let's look at a couple of, we can't go through all of the local winners as much as I'd love to. We'd be on mm. air all day. But let's take a look at one or two others. Um, you want to mention somebody who was recognized as one of the top women in recycling. Yes, the top woman in recycling for 2019, according to Petco's Jocelyn van der Ross of Green Spot Recycling in Franschhoek. Um, she moved to Franschhoek after her divorce and was struggling to find employment. And when she realized that nobody in the area was collecting glass for recycling, she started a business literally out of the boot of her car and uh, collecting glass bottles and now all sorts of other recyclables as well. Um, and is you know, she has quite a workforce now. She's created opportunities. She works with her daughter and it was just such an inspiring story. I did try to get hold of her to join us, but unfortunately I wasn't able to. But a lovely, lovely. And she was, you know, obviously there as well to collect her award and very emotional and proud and, and, and sort of bowled over by the whole thing. So that oh, was a lovely fantastic. story. Fantastic. I love these stories of businesses that began in the boot of a car and yes. uh, went, went from, uh, from strength to strength. So well done to Jocelyn. Uh, we also have to mention Seal, which is a local uh, facility based in Croydon. Uh, near Macassar, if those are trying to picture it on the map, they were awarded Recycled Product of the Year for their industrial strapping, which is made out of recycled green plastic bottles. And Wendy, my ears picked up at that because I know last yes. week you were telling us that the coloured bottles are in fact the most difficult yes. products to recycle. Yes, and the and the manufacturers shouldn't be using them for that reason because they have a much lower value for that reason. So the the reclaimers are less likely to expend effort and time picking them up. But so that's why this award went to Coruscant because they um using um recycled green PET that a company in, in um, Johannesburg um, Extra Pit uh, produces. They now make this green strapping. You know what I'm talking about. It's that very sort of thick, tough strapping. It's usually clear. And now they, they're using the green bottles for that. So at least putting that sort of not very um, uh, recycling friendly uh, green bottle, plastic bottles to, to good use there. So that was, okay. that's you know, in terms of the volume, that was great. Um yeah, and then another story that I, I loved, um, really heartwarming story was the Drakenstein municipality. They were recognized as running the best local authority recycling initiative. Um, and it's actually all about good leadership because, um, when Tace Serfontaine was appointed GM of, of that landfill, instead of chasing away the illegal waste pickers who were making a living off the dump and many of them living there as well, he brought a certain number of them into the fold, trained them, gave them protective clothing and actually appointed a couple of them into managerial positions, his right, ma- right hand man and woman. Yeah. And they were all three at the awards in, in Joburg oh. last Thursday. And honestly, he's this towering, towering Afrikaner man and these, and these, um, two, uh, 
tiny in comparison people from the local community all obviously the wonderful relationship between the, the three of them and there was barely a dry on the room when when the three of them went up um so it was uh Tace along with Sissy Peters and John Jacobs from Drakenstein municipality they went up to get their prize and it was just a really feel good one as lovely, well because lovely story just yeah, yeah great leadership Absolutely. There. Now, our favorite singing cows also got a win, Wendy. Yes. <laughs> so, Fair Cape Dairies were recognized uh, with, uh, um, with an award for recy- the Recycling Partnership Game Changer for changing their opaque white plastic bottles to clear PET. And what I love about this story is that, that, that happened because a customer wrote to them. She discovered that the waste pickers or reclaimers were more likely to pick up the clear PET bottles than the white milk bottles because they fetch more for the clear PET. And um, well, so they did something about it. Yeah, well, this is what I love about the story, uh, that a comp- company actually listened to its customers. We've got Fair Cape's uh, spokesperson, Joel Sermon, on the line with us now. Uh, Joel, firstly, congratulations on this award. But it really wasn't as simple as just saying, sure, we'll change the color of the bottles. The- this actually had implications for your product and its shelf life, didn't it? Thanks so much, Pippa and Wendy. Thanks very much for having me. You're absolutely right. And now, I mean, to Wendy's point, the most exciting part of this entire thing for me is that it really was driven by the consumers. You know, two years ago, I got a, I got an email from a lady saying, do you know that your bottles aren't recyclable? And, and you know, we sort of knew that they were. So it was quite a, a surprising email to get. And, uh, and I responded to her and sort of in the week that she, you know, that she was then responding back to me, we got two or three other emails uh, from other people saying the exact same thing. So, so, you know, we went then and to go speak to a couple of recyclers and found out exactly that, that technically the bottles were still recyclable, but the recyclers weren't recycling them. So, so in reality, they weren't, they weren't recyclable. Yes. Um, so, so, I mean, we got together and we said, you know, you can't say do the right thing and then your bottles aren't recyclable. So, uh, so, I mean, really to your point, we had to find somebody who could solve that problem, but without creating another one, because there was a potential to solve the recycling problem, but then cause an issue where you damage the shelf life of the milk and, uh, and create extra waste of milk in the market, which you know, is another devastating problem that, yeah. that you don't really want to have. So, Joel, how long did it take you to find a solution and be able to, to move the line into that clear plastic? It's been exactly two years. So from, from getting the first emails from the consumers uh, uh, to then going to speak to, to sort of uh, experts in terms of finding out what happened and then looking for solutions, we then tested it with a, you know, one of our, our smaller lines, a small one-liter line. And when that worked and, and we saw that it was both recyclable and it didn't damage the shelf life of the milk at all, then we moved over to the two-liter and has there been any impact on the cost of the packaging uh, for, the, for the consumer who's buying the product at the end of it? No, there's absolutely no cost uh, uh, at all. But, you know, we've got a, an incredibly, incredibly engaged customer base. They, they tell us what they like. They tell us what they don't like. You know, they, they, they defend us when we need defending, but they call us out when we need calling out vociferously. And it was, it was so fantastic to see, you know, it was our consumers telling us what we were doing wrong and what they wanted us uh, to do, and that really was the exciting part for us. Well, Joel, well done again, Joel Sermon of Fair Cape Dairies. I love the fact there, Wendy, that, uh, I mean, so many companies would have got that email and said, oh, well, the person complaining is wrong. We know the bottles because, are recyclable. Yes, so the point is, but as we discussed last week, there's a world of difference between recyclable and actually being in the real world recycled for whatever reason, and companies need to to appreciate the difference and and find out. So as uh, the Petco said last week at the awards, um, produce products as if you own a recycling plant.
Okay, we have to go to news, but before we do that, I have to mention one more category winner because I would be completely out of line in not mentioning that there is a media spotlight category at these awards, and the prize this year went to one Wendy Nola. Um, Wendy, it's a category that recognizes a a journalist who has made an outstanding contribution to raising awareness of and understanding about reuse and waste reduction and recycling. So congratulations to you you on a very, very well-deserved award. Thank you. I was really chuffed with that because that's why. That media award that you don't enter yourself, somebody nominates you, and so it was extra special. Thanks, Papa. Well, thank you to whoever made the trouble to, no- to no- took the trouble to nominate Wendy because it is a richly deserved recognition. Cape Talk, Consumer Talk. You can send us a WhatsApp voice note now on 072 567 1567. I don't think that I'll buy any other kind of milk from, from now onwards, knowing that that's what Fair Cape did to make their product recyclable, I will now fully support them. I will choose them. I will look for them. I will choose them above other brands. Thank you for doing that. Well done. I think we better send a copy of that voice note to Joel. What a lovely response. And really, uh, Wendy, I'm sure you're smiling listening to that as we are. That's, I mean, companies need to realize that, that uh, it's about more than paying lip service to the issue of sustainable practice. Absolutely. It's what's happening on the ground. And, and it's what, you know, as I said before we went to news, yes, it's not, it, it may be technically recyclable. That's not the issue like those plastic bags, which had the calcium carbonate in them. Um, they technically somewhere in the world and are, are recyclable, but actually on the ground and practicalities, they, they aren't being, they weren't being. And so that's important. And I'm actually working on the story idea. I've, I've asked some major recyclers to name their top five worst most um, plastic products which are most recycling unfriendly and um, I'm going to photograph them and I'm going to go to all the makers and say right it's 2019 how do you justify this you know fantastic so, and I think that's how we start we get must be the consumers who say I will not buy you if you put if you design without um, recycling in mind it's just no longer justifiable Okay, was, look forward to the follow-up yes. on that particular investigation, yes. Wendy. Another WhatsApp in saying the awesome thing about those Fair Cape bottles is that you can use them for eco bricks because they're clear. I know a lot of our listeners are yes. making those, so uh, well done to them. Okay, we're going to move away from recycling for an update on TV license issues, but also into an open line segment. So now is the time to start dialing on 021-446-0567. If you've got a consumer query you'd like to raise with Wendy, you're also welcome to send an S. SMS to 31567 or a voice note to 0725671567. While we wait for those calls, Wendy, you've got some feedback on a previous query or two around TV license fees. I have, and actually, my, I, I raised three questions all in one to my contact at um, SABC TV licenses, Rudy Swartz, and so the answers will apply to many people in various situations. So during a recent show, a man called in to say that his wife had paid her TV license late on two occasions and was being charged to 25 rand a month, actually a bit more than that, as either interest or penalty. He wasn't sure which, and I said I'd attempt to find out because I didn't know. And then um, Anne... It, I can't say his surname. Anne H. <laughs> also heard the show. She emailed me with a similar issue. 
Her license payments are up to date, she said, except for 2017 when she paid three months late. She didn't receive any notifications, but she said on proactively inquiring with the SABC, she was told that she now owes almost 400 rand, which was 26 rand 50 a month over 15 months. She had no idea if that 26 rand 50 was a monthly penalty or interest as with that um, earlier caller. So I got hold of Rudy. He said that it's actually not interest. It's a penalty. According to the TV license regulations, which fall under the Broadcasting Act, the TV license fee is payable in advance at the beginning of each license year, which is March. In other words, on or before that, the 1st of March, you have to have paid it in full. And if you don't, if you pay late, um, the Act provides for a penalty of 10% of the annual fee, which is currently 26 Rand 50 for every month or part thereof that sure. payment is received late to a maximum of 100% uh, per annum. So if left unpaid, those monthly penalties just keep accruing, um, and uh, they double then after after ten months as an Anne's case. Sure. And then they don't increase anymore. That's pretty steep as it penalties is. go. Yeah. The good news for Anne is that after I took up the case, um, Rudy said that due to because of her otherwise um, good payment history and to maintain good client relations, the SABC has reversed um, some of that. Um, they've reduced two hundred and ninety one rand um, of her. Penalties. Just okay, about so all of she's it. going to have to pay a little over a hundred rand instead of around four hundred. Yes. Rand. Okay. Um, and then there was a couple of other listeners' cases. Um, we finally got the SABC to acknowledge that listener guy Luck had cancelled his TV license. He had repeatedly done the necessary, but he was still being hounded nonstop for payment. Um, and then we got feedback from Ashley Mendes. Uh, for Ashley Mendes, rather, because she didn't want to use her TV anymore. She didn't necessarily want to get rid of it, but she wanted to know what what the cheapest way was for her to stop being responsible for paying that annual TV license and all the penalties that happen if you don't. And Rudy's got hold of her to give her two options. One is to have the tuners or receivers um, removed. It's called a denaturing. Or to provide proof that she has sold or given away the TV set or that it's uneconomical to repair in the case of a, a broken TV set. That is a bit of a burdensome on the consumer. You can't just send them an email saying that. You need to get an affidavit and you need, they need to see proof. So if you've sold it, they want to see the receipt. And if you've, if it's beyond economic repair, then they want to see the technician statement saying that and all the rest. So you basically have to prove it. Um, quite a few hoops to jump through there but okay. I think those three questions answer most of the queries I get um, around uh, TV licenses from And a people. reminder by the way that TV licenses are due by the end of March each year Hey Wendy? E- yes. End of March each year and um, unfortunately TV license debt being considered part of state de- debt they, it doesn't prescribe for 30 years so you're pretty much stuck if you're in that payment loop, of course, loop, and I'm sure many listeners are thinking, yes, but what about all the millions who don't pay? Well, that's another story. I tried to get the percentage out of Rudy, but he transferred me to another colleague, and I didn't have time to chase <laughs> that down. Okay. But I think it's fair to say it's in the minority. Okay, and I know I know that there are listeners at home saying, well, what are we paying for? They won't even show us the cricket. The but, uh, oh, the the, yeah. let's, let's not go there for now. The point is the license is due, and if you are not paying it, be aware, please, of that 26 rand 50 a month penalty, which can be invoked and can add up pretty quickly, as uh, Anne and others found out. So thanks for uh, giving us the heads up on that one, Wendy. Um, I want to just acknowledge receipt, Debbie, of your email about a composite decking issue. It is a very, very long story. We're going to 
need to give it to Wendy to read through off air and take a look at before we can address it on air. But just to say, I have received your email and we'll pass it on to Wendy after the show today. Uh, in the meantime, your calls, please, to 021-446-0567 with any consumer issue. In the meantime, an email from Lucy. Um, this is an interesting one. She is really taking care around her personal information, something I think right. all of us need to be more mindful of. Lucy's question is, is it fair for Pep to ask for my physical address when I return a product? I refused to give it to them and they would not perform the transaction, so I left. But I really want to know if this is fair and right. I don't want more people or systems knowing more info on me than is needed. We give so much away already. Okay, very fair comment. I think we all should be guarding our personal information um, more and 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 um, valuing it more. Unfortunately, um, it the answer depends on whether why she was returning the product. So if she was returning the product because it was defective within six months of purchase, then absolutely no. She's all she has to produce is a receipt showing when and where she bought the item, and she should get her choice of a refund, replacement, or repair. However, if she was returning a product after six months, there was no um, obligation, no legal obligation on any store to take back a change of heart uh, purchase. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, in which case, if they do take a product back, they have the right to to impose whatever terms and conditions they feel are appropriate for their business so they can say we're going to charge you an admin fee we want your details whatever i suspect they do that not so much to mine our personal information but just to keep track of um you know how many times a certain person may attempt potential abuse in which case you know the name should be sufficient but i suppose it's just another detail which would um, flag that person um so it's a sort of a take it and leave it. If it's a change of heart and they don't legally have to take it back, if you want them to take it back, you have to follow their rules. If not, then stick with the product. Okay, Lucy, I hope that uh, that helps you decide either way. Thanks for your email. Let's go back to the issue of recycling and back to the lines. Aliki in Cape Town, good afternoon. Yeah, good afternoon there. I just want to ask Wendy, I've tried to, I've emailed uh, Click several times because they give you little plastic bags when you go to buy a prescription or and. I just keep thinking, and then they put it in one of those cages and they lock it up. And every time I refuse to have a plastic bag, and I say to them, why don't you get little paper bags? Even uh, pharmacies, which are a lot poorer than, the, you know, they don't have the buying power that tricks have, give you paper bags. And they keep telling me that 67% are recycled. And I say, well, how do you know? People take them home. How do you know that they're recycled? So... <sighs> And that's about all the best I get out of clicks. And I think they're such a large company. And those horrible little thin plastic bags, you know, that come from their pharmacy, you know, especially the ones that you get when you uh, buy from the, the um, yeah, not the ones at the till. Yes. Thank you for raising that. And I also would have said 67%. How did you get to that? that it might is. be the overall percentage of, of, of um, those carrier bags being recycled. So interesting you mentioned that because I got an email from somebody just this week complaining about um not she didn't actually mention the, the plastic bag but she said what you know they put a a, a plastic cable tie on yeah. that little cage and she says she sees them being cut off and just tossed in the bin. And she, when she raised it with um head office she shared the email with me which said um no you know those are recycled. 
Um, and when she mentioned it to the cashier, she always does. They, she gets a shrug and they don't know anything about it. Um, maybe somebody's sorting through the bin and taking them out for recycling after hours and the cashiers aren't aware of it. I don't know, but I, I will, I do intend, um, to take that up with clicks and I'll mention the plastic versus paper bag. You're right. The smaller independent pharmacies traditionally have always used paper, which yes, I love. Certainly mine and does. Yeah. Yeah. So I will, um, be putting both those issues and they both relate to the pharmacy experience. And I'll certainly come back on air with the answer to that. Okay. Aliki, thank you for raising that. And, uh, thank you, Alan in Gordon's Bay. Uh, Wendy, when you do that article looking at the most, um, non-recycled items, please include the foil lined chip packets and sweet packets. Alan says these are the most common items I pick up on beaches, the foil-lined packaging used for chips and sweets, etc. Absolutely, and I've seen them at the um, Wildlands uh, Recycling Depot. I certainly saw them there. They're using them in that particular case to make those lovely eco uh, bricks, yep. but generally they, they litter the landscape. Just to qualify, it was a Petco function, so I was speaking to plastic recyclers and I'm, I'm going to be singling out plastic packs that are most uh, recycling unfriendly but um, certainly in, a, in, a, in another story we could widen it and, and look at um, products in general that should be packaged in a completely different way now. Okay, thank you. While we're still on recycling, Sue in Tableview asking you please to do some research into whether the plastic sachets for milk are recyclable or recycled because at around 5 rand per litre cheaper than the bottles she really hopes so. A lot of people do choose to buy those, uh, the refill sachet as it were. Wendy, do you know off the top of your head? Um, I can tell you for sure that they won't be um, as valuable to a recycling plant and certainly to a reclaimer who's who's picking through our trash um, as the milk bottle itself. Um, and I, and it's often the case that the refill, it's almost always the case that those refill sachets are not as recyclable, certainly in the case of your, which we keep mentioning, your the fabric, um, softener. fabric softener. Yes. Those, re- those, are, those are awful, those, those sachets. They're also going into those eco bricks, but generally not fun, not um, valued by, uh, by recyclers at all. Um, they might, they're a, um, a composite. They've got several um, types of um uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Different forms of, of, of plastic in them. The milk ones might be simpler, but, um, they, as I say, they may be being recycled. I'll find out for you, but certainly the plastics recyclers always say rather go for the, um, for the full bottle, the full unit, because whether it's the glass or the whatever, because the, or the, the plastic bottle, milk bottle, because they are more recyclable. And okay. Okay, thank well, you. More, more being recycled more, to clarify. Yeah, it, this, yeah. And this is such an important distinction you've raised for Very us uh, in these past two weeks, Wendy, that the fact that it could potentially be recycled does not mean that it actually is being recycled. In and that significant is volumes, we yeah. need to be mindful of. Okay. Uh, interestingly, an SMS telling us that the Clicks in Pinelands does use paper bags, so it might not be oh. a company-wide issue, but a particular branch issue. Um, uh, that, that Aliki was flagging uh, with us there. So that's quite interesting. I wonder if anybody else listening had the same uh, response. Here's an, another comment on the WhatsApp line saying, I've been on at clicks for the very same reason. My monthly thyroid meds come in two different doses, so it's two different little plastic pill holders, cable ties to hold them all together. And my local clicks pharmacist sympathizes, but she says they are legally obliged legally, to use yes. both. 
Well, they're not legally obliged to use both. They're legally obliged to sort of secure, I suppose, yes. um, given that the pharmacy's in the same premises. You know, it's, it's, they, the till, there's a walk between the pharmacy and the till. Um, so they, they should be in, in 2019 investigating other means of doing it. I mean, it's, it's, those cable ties could be akin in significant volumes to the plastic straw. We can't concentrate yes. on the straw and not worry about those snipped off cable ties all over the show. Okay, thanks. Let's uh, carry on uh, talking about the packaging at pharmacies. Carol in Newlands, good afternoon to you. Yeah, good afternoon, Pippa and Wendy. I get our um, med- medications from MediRight Pharmacy in uh, Kenilworth Centre, and they've got over this problem. You get your medicine from the pharmacy and they charge you. You pay for it right there. It's just put mm-hmm. it in a plastic bag and staple trust and you can leave the shop. You don't need any plastic intervention. You put it in a paper bag, uh, Carol, as you yeah, pay on the site. Yeah, we'll put our okay. medicine into a paper bag, clip it shut with, you know, the document, and charge you there. So you pay by card there at the pharmacy, and then you go and do your grocery shopping in the same shop. You don't need a little cage and a plastic tie or anything okay. like that. So they've got yeah. two tool systems, which would seem to be an easy so does uh, So does Pick and Pay and Claremont, now that I think about it. Carol, thanks for mentioning it. Again, uh, Wendy, it's about looking for creative solutions, and there are ways around this problem if they've got the will to address it. As I said, the first step is recognizing the problem, and certainly if you've got um, your customers Pointing it out, you'd be very foolhardy to not actively look for a solution. Okay. Now, while uh, we're talking recycling, uh, Penny, this is an interesting one, saying the very responsible recycling depot in Berkfleet that I take my recycling to say they are battling to find anyone to take their eco bricks. Everyone is inundated with them. Do any of your listeners perhaps know anything about this? Um, I, gosh, I, I'm sorry to read that, Penny, because we're sitting with a stack of, of nine or ten ready to go. Um, I, I don't know anything about that. Wendy, are you aware? of of a difficulty finding a place to drop the bricks? I'm afraid uh, I wasn't aware that that was an issue, to be honest. Um, well, let's th- let's wonder if anybody listening has a solution for us or uh, if, so can yeah. provide some insight into that. Or otherwise, you know, the worst case scenario, if they, they aren't going to actually be actively used for what you intend them to be used, at least empty them and get that PET into the PET recycling system. Yeah, it's a it's a shame though. It's such a good uh, good uh, concept of uh, and a way of of it utilizing is. unrecyclable items in a, in a really practical way. If anybody has listening has advice on or, or, or further information on what the issue is and advice on where to take them, we would really welcome that. It sounds like it's a current problem, uh, not an historical one. And if anybody can shed light, who has recently, like within the last week or two, found a place to take eco bricks, please just drop me an. SMS to 31567. Uh, here's another Clicks branch in Rondebosch that is using paper packets, says somebody oh. on the SMS line. So it does seem like there's a variation from branch to branch and maybe the customers seeing the plastic in use at a particular branch need to push back uh, uh, at that particular branch level. Uh, right, uh, Susie in Rosebank is on the line. Good afternoon. Hi there. Hi. I'm so glad you're talking about this. Um, my sister's staying with us currently and she's received some very unwanted uh, marketing material from True Words. It's basically an envelope with a plastic card, a store card in it. And then um, if, when you open up, it's got a whole bunch of vouchers. And if you join, you get X amount of money or whatever. So she's the least acquisitive person I've ever met. She doesn't shop at any brand stores at all. So obviously she's not their direct marketing um, uh, sort of key market. Target so market. 
I, I, yeah, so I got hold of three words. I thought, no, I've got to be in my bonnet. And I phoned them and I got as far as customer services. And the lady could not have been more clueless about why I was upset the fact that this full-blown plastic card is not going to be used by this person. What, what do we do with it? And she said, oh, you just put it in the bin. And she just really wasn't understanding. So I was going to take it upon myself to try and go further with this. But obviously, if with you discussing, I thought maybe we could do something together. Susie, thanks for raising that. Wendy, I'm surprised to hear that that's still happening because I thought that approach of here's a, a card for you to use had gone out the window with, the, with the, uh, the Credit Act. It hasn't gone out of the window, but the pre-approval thing has. So although if you read the wording of those the marketing things carefully, you then still have to, it's subject to you being um, credit checked. There's no way, I mean, they're so terrified of being found guilty of reckless lending, in which case they have to um, pay the bill of the reckless spender. So, um, yes, so they have to go through all the affordability checks and everything else, credit bureau and all that, and only then if you qualify, um, you know, use your vouchers to spend and welcome to our to our account holders club. So, okay. yeah, it's, it's, they're doing the same thing, but it's, there's a big T and C there of subject to, to, um, okay. the, cre- the credit checks checking out. Okay. So that's the credit aspect. Then what about the plastic aspect? Susan's right. I mean, here's say, a whole I mean, batch of unwanted ne- plastic. <laughs> I have never had this angle to those, to those marketing. <laughs> um, here's your card thing. But yes, I mean, they're obviously sending them out in significant numbers. And, um, there's another imperative to, to sort of, another reason to say, is this, is this appropriate in 2019 that you're still doing this? Um, your ta- what is your take up? And, and, uh, you know, it's, isn't there another way you could think of doing this? Because there's, you know, just sling it in the bin, all this plastic created, printed, stamped, to be binned, it's it's too reckless now, currently with the plastic crisis that we have in the world. So I look forward to putting that to to the company and seeing how they respond. It's a really interesting another angle to that to that whole um, kind of campaign. Susie, thanks for raising that uh, with us, and certainly one that Wendy will follow up with Trueworth. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, Suzanne has another chemist who's found a solution, saying my chemist in Stellenbosch uses reusable Perspex containers for medication. You take it to the pool, pay and put it in a paper bag, and they reuse the container. Again, it's not brain surgery. There are many easy ways around this problem if they just show the minimum of will to recognizing that it is a problem, Wendy. Yes, and consumers create that will generally. So it's about saying, questioning them. Um, and if enough people question them and put their random comments here on social media, mention it on a show like ours, then that, <laughs> if they're not feeling it themselves, they suddenly, um, realize that perhaps this is something that they need to look at. They need at. to start looking at. Okay. Thank you to the SMSer who tells us that Montebello Garden Center in Newlands has a drop-off point for the eco bricks that is still accepting oh, them. Wow. So thank you very much uh, for that. All right. We need to wrap up the conversation there. Wendy, as always, thank you so much for being with us. And uh, just a reminder that if you'd like to raise a particular issue with Wendy, the thing to do is send an email to consumer at nola.co.za, spelled K-N-O-W-L-E E-R. Uh, otherwise, look for her on her Facebook page, Wendy Nola Consumer. If you are going to send an email, please remember to put the words Cape Talk in the subject line and just a word or two uh, about the nature of the problem. So Susie might email saying Cape Talk, Trueworth's plastic cards or something like that, just to, uh, to give Wendy a sense of what it's all about. And Wendy, we'll chat again next week. We'll do, Pippa. Thanks. Thanks so much.